Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. When I was uh, a miserable fuck, um, I drowned in my distorted thinking. So first, what are cognitive distortions? Cognitive distortions, uh, like I mentioned, they're distorted thoughts and uh, an exaggerated pattern of thought that's not based on facts. And they lead you to view things more negatively than they really are. And the thing is, if you do nothing about your distorted thinking, yeah, you're going to live in quicksand. You're going to have a cloud over your head. You're going to think, you're going to default to negativity, and that's going to cause you um, to feel possibly less than. It's going to depress you. It's going to create anxiety and stress. And so if you do nothing and that just becomes the norm, then you're going to live a life. uh, Well, you're not going to live a life. You're going to exist and basically live in your head. And what happens is your body, the state of your body, um, stays in this kind of chasing state. I call it a chasing state because it's going to be lined with uh, panic, desperation, and um it's going to lock your potential. And I know for me, when I was in my chasing state, most of my uh, 20s, 30s, uh, even like late 30s, I was, you know, I still had a lot of residue in that kind of defaulting to the chasing state. Um, I feel like nothing good happens, you know? Like, I feel like stars won't line up. You won't meet the people you're supposed to meet. Opportunities don't knock. And I think it's because uh, you are living very limited, right? You're definitely not living at your potential. You are living grayed out. When you go from a chasing state to an attracting state, which we'll get into uh, in the other episodes, you are now living inside out instead of outside in. You are now uh, turning from a heavy rock to a prism, right? You are going from um, victim mode, which is powerless, to um, more of a through me state, which is power filled. And I believe that when you can actually live this way, because it can't be something you just do over the weekend, like you actually um, decide that this is your lifestyle and you do everything you can to make sure that you're in this state, that's when great things happen. You know, that's when stars line up. That's when you, um, because your energy changes, right? The temperature of the room changes, you stop swimming in your own shit. So going back to cognitive distortions, which is kind of the – I'm starting here because you know the way we think ripples into um, how we feel and that ripples into behavior. And so if we don't change the way that we think, if, we don't, if we're not aware of our thoughts and create distance and new thoughts, um, we can be in a chasing state forever, you know? So 15 common cognitive distortions, uh, filtering, polarization, overgeneralizing, discounting the positive, jumping to conclusions, catastrophizing, personalization, blaming, shoulds, emotional reasoning, 
uh, global labeling, always being right. I know it sounds weird, but that's <laughs> cognitive distortion. Fallacy of fairness, control fallacies. I believe that's I believe that's fifteen. So let's just go through them really quick. Filtering, mental filtering is um, draining all positives in a situation and instead dwelling on its negatives. So I have this joke that if my mom won the lottery, if my mom won $200 million, the first thing she would say is, fuck the taxes I have to pay on this $200 million, right? She probably wouldn't use the word fuck, but you know what I'm saying. She would look at the taxes she has to pay instead of... Um, Instead of realizing that she just won two hundred million dollars, and so that is, uh, that is actually a little bit hardwired. That comes from you know it's understandable. I mean, she comes from pover- poverty, war. She comes from um, you know working at age fourteen. She comes from uh, uh, delivering pails of water in her village, right? She comes from that kind of world. So yeah, survival mode. And so because my mom has never done any kind of um, uh, mental, emotional work on herself. She's she's just like set in the survival mode. And so she lives constantly with this cognitive distortion, always taking a black light to situations and seeing the, the negative. It's really hard for her um, to see positive. I've, I mean, I've never really even seen her um, excited. I mean, you know, she might be, you know, <laughs> happy in moments, but like, like super excited about something. I've never, it's kind of sad. I've never seen my mom super excited. She's very logical and she's very um, safe. She told me the other day she'd give me 10 grand if I sold my motorcycle. And I said, no, thank you. (laughs) Polarization, uh, an easier uh, term for polarization is uh, all or nothing thinking, right? This is something um, that I've struggled with, right? I either feel like uh, life is amazing and I feel pure gratitude or I feel like what's the point of anything, right? Um, And this is also part kind of wiring for me. I mean, I I think part of it has to do with uh, the the addiction in my blood. I have a lot of alcoholics in my family and um, they're all all or nothing. You know, they tend to be, right? And so I'm I'm an extremist. Uh, You will also see this in behavior and this is why I'm drawn to, you know, the the kind of explosive workouts that put you on your back that make you feel like you're dying. Um, For some reason, I I almost feel calm in, in that. And then what's hard for me is to sit still. Right, yoga is very hard for me, uh, but CrossFit is is kind of naturally uh, where I gravitate toward. As far as movement, and that's an example. It's also how my mind works, all or nothing. <coughs> Overgeneralization. When you overgeneralize something, you take an isolated negative event and turn it into a never-ending pattern of loss and defeat. Um, you, this is when you use words like always, never, you know, everything. Uh, a lot of times we make this mistake in relationships, you know. You never do the dishes. You all – and we just exaggerate, right? And uh, this is a distorted thought. This is not true. This is us um, general, generalizing something and 
using words, language is huge, right? So using words that are not accurate. Next one, discounting the positive. Discounting the positive um, is similar to mental mental filtering, uh, but the main difference is that you dismiss it as something of no value when you when you do think of positive aspects. So this is like, um, for example, if you do well in that job interview, you think it's because they didn't realize you're not that good, right? Or um, if someone compliments the way that you look. You think they're just being nice, right? So you're completely discounting the the positive. Jumping to conclusions, we all do this. Um, it's funny. I I uh, <laughs> I um, with texting and stuff. Not anymore so much, but um, with texting, uh, maybe like four years ago. If you didn't text me back, you know, instantly, I would think, okay, this person doesn't like me. Or it's a fuck you. I, I took it very personally. And now, of course, today, you know, texting is being a normal way that we communicate. Um, I don't take things personally. But that's an example of jumping to conclusions, right? Or, you know, when you're dating someone and, and you're, uh, you're excited about someone, you text them, and they don't respond in the time that you want them to. You think that they're not interested, right? That kind of stuff. Jumping to conclusions. Catastrophizing. This is related to jumping to conclusions. Um, but in this case, you jump to the worst possible conclusion, right? Not only does a person not like you, but they have um, left the country. They can't even stand being in the same country as you. Personalization. This leads you to believe that you're responsible for events that in reality are completely or, or partially out of your control. Uh, this cognitive distortion often results in you feeling guilty or assigning blame without contemplating all the factors in, involved. The, the The danger of personalization is that um, there's some internalization, right? Almost like um, lot, lots of blaming, right? Uh, your your child has an accident, and you blame yourself for allowing them to go on, you know, on that ride or use a skateboard or whatever, right? Um, it's a lot of like pointing the finger at you. And this is why this is dangerous, personalization. Control fallacies. The word fallacy refers to an illusion, misconception, or error. Control fallacies can go uh, two opposite ways. You either feel responsible or in control of everything in your or uh, uh, and other people's lives, or you feel you have no control at all over anything in your life. Obviously, if you feel like you have no control in your life, the behavior of that is not going to be taking ownership and building things. It's going to be feeling hopeless and just kind of um, sitting on the couch and wishing, right? All right, fallacies of fairness. Uh, this cognitive distortion refers to measuring every behavior and situation on the scale of fairness. Finding that other people don't assign the same value of fairness to the event makes you resentful. So in other words, you believe you know what's fair and what isn't, and it upsets you when other people disagree with you. Now here's the thing with this. It's gonna create a lot of anxiety because you can't control other people. You can't control what their values are, what they think of you, how they see the world, right? And so if you're putting your fairness and what you think is fair on other people, and they don't line up with that, yeah, it's gonna create a lot of anxiety, a 
lot of road rage, <laughs> a lot of a lot of things that you can't control. The fair, the fallacy of fairness will lead you to face conflict with certain people and situations because you feel the need for everything to be fair according to your own parameters. But fairness is rarely absolute and can often be self-serving, right? Fairness or this this kind of distorted thinking is lined with control. The next one is blaming, and um, this is obvious. Blaming refers to making others responsible for how you feel. Um, you made me feel bad, right? You did this to me. The thing about blaming that, that is really dangerous is it kind of puts you into a uh, victim mode. And um, being in victim mode, although we, we can be victims in life and things happen to us, I get it. We um, get robbed. We get assaulted, right? There's accidents and stuff. Um, but the mindset of that, constantly being in victim mode, right? Constantly being locked in blaming, and that's kind of your knee jerk, uh, will make you powerless. Shoulds, as cognitive distortions, should statements are subject, they're subjective ironclad rules you set for yourself and others without considering the specifics of a circumstance. I think there's a lot of shoulds on um, social media. You know, you should present yourself this way because you're a therapist. You should do this. You should do that. Um, when we start placing those shoulds on us or on ourselves, uh, we, we limit ourselves. I like to see myself as an artist. And if I was to uh, put shoulds on the way that I create or help other people or write books or whatever, um, I would leave no space for any kind of creativity, you know. And so... Um, that cognitive distortion of using shoulds in your life, to your life, will limit you, will make you live more in a chasing state than an attracting state. That's kind of the, that's the, uh, the um, thesis, right? Going back to the state that you're in chasing or attracting. Emotional reasoning, emotional reasoning leads you to believe that the way that you feel is a reflection of reality. I feel this way about the situation, um, so it must be a fact, right? So you're allowing your emotions and how you feel be truth, not actual truth. You may firmly believe something bad will happen today because you woke up feeling anxious. So you're giving your feelings a lot more power and leverage control of your life fallacy of change the fallacy of change has you expecting other people will change their ways to suit your expectations or needs particularly when you pressure them enough and of course you know this is just a lot of control a lot of energy a lot of uh, just i just it's just a, an exhausting way to live global labeling labeling or mislabeling labeling refers to uh taking a single attribute and turning it into an absolute so this happens when you judge and then redefine yourself or others based on an isolated event all right always being right this is obvious um this does not work in relationships i'll tell you that right now this desire turns into a cognitive distortion when it trumps everything else right including evidence and other people's feelings so it's um I mean, you know, it's ego-driven. It's uh, iron fist. Uh, you know what it does? It creates a lot of loneliness. That's what it does. So those are uh, 
cognitive distortions and I wanted to start with them because we all have distorted thinking. What's important is that we're aware of our distorted thinking, how it affects our life, right? So like this way of thinking, being aware of how that affects how you feel and your behavior. And then the other half of all this, and this is where most people drop the football, is uh, the practice of eliminating as much as you can the distorted thinking. The distorted thinking also comes up a lot in relationships when we're activated, you know, um, depending on the dynamic of the relationship. And so make sure you're aware of your distorted thinking. Make sure that um, you review things and you investigate and you ask yourself questions instead of just allowing the pattern of distorted thought ruminate and uh, fog your lenses, make you feel shitty uh, and then allowing the behavior that stems from that, whether that is, I don't know, going through drive throughs and eating your feelings or um, taking pills, doing drugs, eating too many donuts. I don't know. Whatever it is for you, the behavior that you want to change, um, how much of that is coming from your distorted thought? So here's the practice as you go about your day. Notice question, examine your thoughts. Are they distorted? And if they are distorted, know that that's going to lead to you being in a chasing state, not in, attract, not in an attracting state. So as a practice, and this is something that um, you're going to do for the rest of your life. <laughs> you're going to get better at it, of course, but um, this is just us being human, you know? Question your thinking. Not everything that you think is is true. Um, notice patterns, how those patterns affect your, uh, how you feel, your state, and then behavior. And then uh, do everything you can to question, challenge, and create new thinking, right? One of the things that helps me is I ask myself, is it a fact? Is it a feeling or a fact? Is it true what I'm thinking, right? And if it's not, then I question it. I put on my detective hat and try to investigate where that comes from and why. And through that journey, I learn a little bit more about myself. And then when I have that thought again, I flag it and say, oh, that's not true, right? I remind myself that's not true. That's me jumping to conclusions. That's me putting shoulds on myself. That's my all or nothing. And once I'm aware of that, and I'm not blaming myself, I'm not beating myself up, I'm just aware that that's the pattern, then I can choose to break that pattern.